Welcome to episode one of the State of the Division podcast, a new podcast on the Just Baseball Network. I am Peter Apple. That's Colby Olson. On Monday, you will hear the AL East. We'll do about 15 to 20 minutes on each division. And then that's what you'll see every day of the week. Monday through Saturday will be an episode from a different division. Colby, I'm a Yankees guy. You're a Red Sox guy. But we're more willing to talk about the entire division. And that's what we're going to do here. Somebody asked me yesterday, I'm a Red Sox fan. Who's your second team that you root for? And I said, I don't really have a second team. I really just love entertainment, exciting. I want to see cool things in baseball. And that's how we're approaching this podcast, right? We get to see the most exciting division in baseball. We get to cover it every Monday to make your Monday even better. And we hope to give you some cool information, some good information. Maybe if your team's not performing as well as they could, we can find those underlying things. If they're performing really good. Maybe we have polls to pick, but we're just going to take it from an unbiased standpoint and give you all the information. Yes, we're removing our fandom. The only reason I mentioned that is because those are the two teams that we follow the closest. So we're very ingrained in the AL East and how it operates and how it's operated in the past. So just a quick recap, last year, the Rays ended up winning the division. Yankees and Red Sox met in the wildcard game, ultimately lost. Blue Jays were right outside of it, and the Baltimore Orioles were a baseball team last year. That's what I can tell you about the Blue Jays, or that's what I can tell you about the Orioles. But let's start with the current AL East standings. We'll go the team that's in first all the way down to the Baltimore Orioles, unfortunately, who are still in last place. But let's start with the New York Yankees. The Yankees are currently at the top of the division at five and four. And the reason I started there, even though the Blue Jays are also five and four, is the Yankees run differential is plus six compared to the Blue Jays being at plus four. The Yankees offense has been pretty solid so far. Aaron Hicks leading the team and OPS right actually behind if he's qualified Jose Trevino the new catching pitch up pickup they got from the Texas Rangers he's been excellent Aaron Judge is doing his thing but the pitching is what I've been loving so far the bullpen ERA one of the lowest in baseball starters ERA one of the lowest in baseball really the worst starter for the Yankees this year has been Garrett Cole and he's soon to pick it up I'm really excited about what the Yankees have shown me so far even though they are just one game over 500. I think Yankee fans must be ecstatic to get Aaron Hicks back. I think that he gets a lot of flack because he's always hurt. He kind of is that Buxton type guy where he shows what he can do for 200 plate appearances and then he gets hurt. But this is a guy that has 120 WRC plus since 2017. When he's on the field, he provides really good defensive value and a much needed bat in this lineup. I think when he's hitting sixth or even fourth sometimes in this lineup, it just really spaces this lineup out and it really does go seven deep now. We've seen DJ LeMay, who finally come back to what he is. 57% hard hit rate so far. He's hitting the ball in the air. There's a different sound off of his bat last year, uh, this year compared to last year. I really like what I've seen from him so far. Joey Gallo struggling, Peter. And the Yankee fans are not happy because he struggled last year with the Yankees. What did he hit? 160 down the stretch with them? Not He's good. struggling to begin this year with a 208 Woba. But it seems like there's some good things on the horizon with him. His ex-Woba is 393 so far. He's hit eight balls above 95 miles an hour, which would be hard hit balls by baseball savant. He has hits on just two of those. I think those are going to straighten out. Some of those are going to go for home runs here in a minute. Give Joey Gallo a minute. Give him another 20, 30 games before we start overreacting about him, I think. Agreed. Give him another second, but Yankee fans are quick to jump on him because of what you said his struggles last year. Open the gate, not great production, but 
from what we've seen, you know, the advanced numbers point towards a lot better luck moving forward, Joey Gallo. So that is something to watch on the Yankees. Blue Jays, second in the division. They're currently five and four. They have a run differential of negative four. Teoscar Hernandez just hit the shelf with an oblique injury. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., though, cannot be stopped. He's got an Is he OPS. better than last year already? He might already be better than last year. He's got an OPS near 1,200. He's leading the team in home runs. He had a three-homer night not so long ago against the New York Yankees. But the pitching is what worries me right now about the Blue Jays because Hyunjin Ryu, not great in his opener. Gosman, Barrios, a little hit or miss. Manoa looks like the real deal. And Kikuchi again, hit or miss. So that's the only problem. Jordan Romano, amazing closer. He's one of the league leaders in saves right now. But the rest of the bullpen behind like guys like Julian Merriweather, pretty solid. But overall, the pitching is what I'm looking to improve as we continue to watch the Blue Jays play. Yeah, I think the Teoscar Hernandez injury is is pretty big. Um, I think they need to go out and get a guy like Michael Conforto just to fill that gap. But regardless, their lineup bangs. Chapman looks healthy again. He has been roping the ball just like we thought he would. He was a candidate that we thought could hit 35 home runs this year, and he he looks like a guy that could really do that. But yeah, Peter, the pitching is a problem. 4.67 team ERA so far. Barrios got lit up. I think he'll bounce back. I'm not worried about Barrios. Gosman looked as advertised the other night against the Yankees. 5.2 innings pitch, 9 Ks. That splitter was working, working. I mean, he was getting whiffs after whiff on that thing. The offense is so real. They currently lead the AL East in runs scored, and Bo Bichette has a 5-12 OPS. Don't really think that we're going to see much of that. He's going to get hot soon, and I think this Blue Jays team could lead the entire league in runs scored. Yeah. Let's move on. Oh, go ahead. Just one thing before we move on to the Red Sox. I do worry that that Hyunjin Ryu and Kikuchi won't be able to hold down the back end of this rotation. Watch for the Blue Jays with their pretty deep farm system still to go out and get a guy like Frankie Montas. I could really see that as a fit. And we can see Nate Pearson, one of their top pitching prospects, hopefully make his way into the rotation. He's He's been in the bullpen a lot, kind of forming a Michael Kopech-ish role. But if we continue to see the struggles from the left-handers at the back of their rotation, Nate Pearson could get the call up. Next, Boston Red Sox currently 4-4. Four and four. 34 runs scored, 34 runs allowed. They got a zero run differential. Colby, give me your take on the Red Sox so far because they've been a bit hit or miss. A bit hit or miss is, is how I will describe their season from then on, like from now on, Peter. I mean, this team is going to have its hot streaks and their really big cold streaks. What's impressed me so far, Peter, is the depth of this bullpen. The depth of this bullpen has really shown through right now. Um, Jake Diekman looks really good. Phillips Valdez has looked really good. They have six, seven arms that I can actually trust in this bullpen right now, but the starting pitching is a big issue. Michael Walker is not very good. Rich Hill is, what, 42, 43 years old, 45 years old maybe. Who knows? He's old and not what he used to be. Um, he should not be starting every single, every, you know, five times around the bend for the Red Sox. The lineup has looked great at times. Alex Verdugo has finally broken it. 185 WRC plus he's striking out less than he's walking and he's hitting the ball really, really hard. Devers looks like an MVP candidate and the defense looks better than it was last year. Peter. I'm pretty, pretty impressed. It looks like Devers better. slimmed down so far. What I do want to bring up, and it must be brought up because it's a big story around baseball is Tanner Houck will not be able to make his start in Toronto next week because he's not vaccinated. This is going to be the first of many guys that we see in this AL East that won't be able to make starts in Toronto. Tanner Houck's the first, and this is going to be a big storyline 
throughout this year about will teams like the uh, Red Sox, like the Yankees, like the Rays have a big disadvantage when they go to Toronto? Could happen. My thinking is, at least with the Red Sox, is they're really going to have to hit if they want to win games. Because we know that the pitching and the starting rotation is inconsistent there are good arms sprinkled around but how many innings are those good arms going to give you chris sale is still on the shelf he should be back somewhat soon he's still got the broken rib around june they think around june so when he comes back we'll take a better look at this boston red Sox starting rotation but guys like trevor story with an ops under 600 guys like Bobby Dalbeck, OPS under 600. Xander Bogart's OPS under 650. These guys are all going to start to start hitting. Yeah. And then you're going to see the Red Sox start to win a lot of games, 9-6-8-5, those types of games. Yep. For context, before we move on to the Rays, Bogart was nursing a hamstring injury and I think just wasn't 100% healthy. Story missed a few games with food poisoning is still just kind of settling in and getting comfortable at the plate, getting into his routine. Um, so, yeah. Also, to one thing about the note, about the Red Sox is their schedule has been brutal. They've played more day games than I've ever seen a play a team play in the first two weeks of the season. It's unreal. And they have to play at 11 a.m. on Monday for Patriots Day. So tough schedule to begin the season. They have a tough schedule for the next month. They go on the road and play a bunch of powerhouse teams. Red Sox are going to have to battle to stay in it here through the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, they're going to have to battle through to stay afloat, at least right now, in which they are doing. But that's why it's the first week of the season, right? We can have some slight overreactions and we see a lot of things that we've never really seen before. Not that we've never seen before, but just things that are a bit outlandish. Outlandish as in the Rays are in fourth place. And I think the Rays should win this division. Right now, negative six run differential. They're four and five, 34 runs scored to 41 runs allowed. They've actually lost their first four Going into today, but I have the, actually the Rays money line against the White Sox. This is being released on Monday, recorded on Sunday, so that could change. But before that, lost four in a row. G-Man Choi, he has an OPS at almost 1,700. He's one of the best hitters in the league, leading the league in OPS. Juan Franco looks exactly like one of the great shortstops that we thought he would, and Brandon Lau is doing well. But guys like Josh Lowe. Who we, a rookie who is off to a very slow start, but will turn it up later. And guys like Randy Rosarina just actually got tossed from the game on Saturday for throwing his bat after arguing balls and strikes. Are you worried about the Rays even a little bit? Not worried about the Rays at all. They just haven't heated up yet. I mean, Randy Rosarina, Zanino, Kiermaier, and Josh Lowe are sputtering out of the gate. But I want to talk about Wander Franco for a minute here because he's hitting 378 right now. He has multi-hit games in five out of his first nine games. Peter, I think he's going to have an insane hit streak this year. The longest hit streak since 2000 is 35 games by Chase Utley and Luis Castillo. I am willing to wager that at some point in Wander Franco's career, he goes above 40-game hit streak. He is really that talented at putting the ball in play. It's funny. I didn't even flinch at that take because I think it could happen. But moving just over to the pitching side, guy like Shane Boz should be back in a week or two. He got his loose bodies removed in his elbow. You know, a couple things floating around, but he'll be fine. It's not Tommy John surgery. It's not anything crazy like that. He should be ready to go. But I am slightly worried about Luis Patino and his injury. He went down in his first start with the Rays this year. What are you hearing about Luis Patino? Yeah, he had a back injury of some kind, and that's never good for a guy at his age that has dealt with a ton of injuries in the past and really just has never seemed to get it going for a long period of time. Peter, I was really impressed with Corey Kluber though. After walking four in his first start, he kind of looked shaky, 
had some questions like, is he healthy? Is, is he going to be able to really provide value for this race team? Bounce back with five innings pitch, two earned runs, zero walks, four Ks against the White Sox. I am really liking what I'm seeing from Corey Kluber. And that's just the veteran presence that they needed that they were missing last year after they lost Charlie Morton. And um, yeah, man, I mean, we're seeing what we always thought was going to happen in this AL East. The Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, and the Blue Jays all stacked and right in the mix of it. It's going to be a fun year. Now we get to the Orioles. And that unfortunately leads us to the Baltimore Orioles, the two and six Baltimore Orioles, the team that has only scored 16 runs this year. 16, Colby. We thought this team was better offensively than they've shown so far, and they are better offensively than they've shown so far. The last time they scored more than four runs, opening day, April 8th. Since then, four runs or less in every single game. Anthony Santander, he's been great so far. He's hitting over 300, 978 OPS. But guys like Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, all sporting OPSs under 640 guys like Jorge Mateo 530 OPS and the pitching though the pitching is interesting because there's a reason this this team has allowed the second fewest runs in their division so far it's because Tyler Wells is kind of good Colby and they have a couple other pitchers Jordan Lyles showed that he's not I mean we'll see but he at least looked pretty good against the Yankees. John Means just went down with a little injury, but he should be okay. But he's at least looked serviceable, pretty solid in his first couple starts. They don't have a lot besides that. But I really wanted to touch upon the fact that Tyler Wells in his last start against the Yankees, four innings, no runs. He is a very interesting pitcher. Tall right-hander, young guy for the Orioles. Right now, from what I've seen from their rotation, Tyler Wells is their best pitcher, Colby. Peter, I I am actually I I the the starting rotation is what it is, but I've been very impressed with the Baltimore Orioles' ability to develop a ton of great relievers. They just traded Tanner Scott and um, Cole, yes, Cole Solcer to the Marlins, but they still have a ton of good relievers in this bullpen. I mean, you go down the list; a lot of these relievers have not given up a run yet. A lot of them have ERAs below three. I'm most excited about Mike Bauman right now. He's looked really, really impressive. Dylan Tate has looked impressive. He's rejuvenated. He came back from driveline this winter and, and looks like a different pitcher. I'm I'm excited to see what they can kind of make out of a lot of these bullpen arms and maybe trade them at the deadline to teams that need bullpen arms for some prospects. They're building, but they're building in a, in a good way right now, I think. They're building, and I hope you enjoyed episode one, State of the Division, AL East. We will be back on Monday, every Monday, to give you the lowdown on the ALEs. That's Colby. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody.